Section 8 of Gifantia by Charles Francois Tipchenia de la Roche. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Nil Admirari. Your fearlessness, says the prefect, surprises me. Tell me, I pray, what idea hast thou of what is called grandeur, dignities, and high rank in a state? I am in this world, answered I, like a traveller, who goes on his way curiously observing the objects, but desiring none, because he is but a passenger. Moreover, if things are estimated according to the happiness they procure, I do not think that the highest places should be much valued, for I see they make no man happy, and are a misfortune to many. What of riches, added the prefect? Pleasure, said I, is like a very rare commodity, which, however, every one would fain purchase. Among those that succeed, the rich buy it very dear, it comes cheap to the rest. One may as well be among the last as the first. Of the few pleasures that exist, the lower class enjoy as a larger share as the highest. Of what wit, genius, talents, says the prefect. One half of the world, replied I, study to amuse the other. The first class is formed of men of talents, whose brains are wound up by nature higher than ordinary. They are incessantly striving to please. If they fail, they waste away with grief. If they succeed, it is never fully. And a single censure creates them more pain than all the encomiums together give them pleasure. It is therefore better to be of the second class. I mean among those who are amused by the others. As far as I see, said the prefect, the aspect of the great and their pomp, of the scholar and his extensive genius, of the rich and his vast possessions, makes little or no impression on thy mind. I confess, replied I, that no man was ever less dazzled with all this than myself. Wrapped in a certain coolness of sense, I am guarded against all strong impressions. I behold with the same eye the ignorant who know nothing, and the learned who know all, except truth. The protector who plans, though he knows his weakness, and the protected who cringes, though he perceives his superiority. The peasant that is disgusted with the simplicity of his diet, and the rich sensual, who with thirty niceties can hardly make a dinner. The duchess loaded with diamonds, and the shepherdess decked with flowers. Vanity, which dwells in the cottage as well as in the palace, and upholds the low as well as the high. Care, which sits on the throne by the king, or follows the philosopher in his retirement. All the parts on the stage of this world seem to me no better than another, but I do not desire to act any. I would observe all and be taken up with nothing. Hence it is that I dreaded the neighborhood of these restless flies." and hence it is precisely interrupted the prefect that thou hast nothing to fear from them thou admirest nothing it is sufficient the flies can take no hold of thee the first impression they must make is the impression of surprise and admiration if they make not that they miss their aim but the moment admiration is admitted a crowd of passions quickly follow for in the object of wonder great hurt or great good is expected. 
hence love or aversion and all their attendants restless desire which never sleeps joy which embraces and devours its objects melancholy which at a distance and with weeping eyes contemplates and calls for what it dreads confidence which walks with head erect and often meets a fall despair which is preceded by fear and followed by madness and a thousand others if thou wilt rest secure from their attacks cherish thy coolness of sense and never lose sight of the grand principle nil admirari chapter ten the fantastical tree after having walked some time by the side of a rivulet we came into a beautiful and spacious meadow it was enameled with a thousand sorts of flowers whose various colors were at a distance blended together and formed shining carpets such as art has never woven the meadow was bounded by a piece of rock like a wall against which grew a tree like an espalier it did not rise above a man's height but spread itself to the right and left the length of the rock above three hundred paces its leaves were very thin and very narrow but in such abundance that it was not possible to see the least part either of the trunk or of the branches or of the surface of the rock thou seest said the prefect the product of the third and last kernel we give it the name of the fantastical tree from this precious tree it is that inventions discoveries arts and sciences take their original and by that mechanism which will surprise thee thou knowest that the fibres of the leaves of a tree are arranged uniformly on each of them to see one is to see all the rest here this uniformity has no place each leaf has its fibres ranged in a particular manner there are not two alike in the fantastical tree but what is most wonderful the fibres on each leaf are arranged with symmetry and represent distinctly a thousand sorts of objects one while a colonnade an obelisk a decoration another while mechanical instruments here geometrical diagrams algebraical problems astronomical systems there physical machines chemical instruments plans of all kinds of works verse prose conversation history romances songs and the like these leaves do not fade when come to perfection they grow by degrees prodigiously small and roll themselves up in a thousand folds in this state they are so light that the wind blows them away and so small that they enter through the pores of the skin once admitted into the blood they circulate with the humours and generally stop at the brain where they cause a singular malady the progress of which is thus when one of the leaves is settled in the brain it is imbibed dilated opened becomes such as it was on the fantastical tree and presents to the mind the images wherewith it is covered during the operation the patient appears with his eyes fixed and a pensive air he seems to hear and see what passes about him but his thoughts are other ways employed he walks sometimes at a great rate and sometimes stands stock still he rubs his forehead stamps with his foot and bites his nails they who have seen a geometrician upon the solution of a problem 
or a naturalist on the first glimpse of a physical explication must have observed these symptoms this violent state proceeds from the efforts of the soul to discern what is traced on the leaf it holds longer or shorter according as the leaf takes up more or less time in displaying and aptly presenting itself the abatement of the malady appears by light emanations from the brain such as some ideas suddenly conceived some designs hastily thrown down on paper some scheme sketched in a hurry the soul begins to discern the objects and contemplate at leisure the fantastical leaf these last symptoms declare an approaching crisis which quickly shows itself in a general evacuation of all that has been transmitted to the brain then verses flow difficulties are cleared problems are resolved phenomena are explained dissertations are multiplied chapters are heaped upon chapters and the whole takes the form of a book and the patient is cured of all these accidents which afflicted him there only remains an immoderate affection for the offspring of his brain of which he was delivered with so much pain chapter eleven predictions behold added the prefect showing me the extent of the fantastical tree behold leaves for a century of designs of discoveries and of writings thou mayest examine at thy leisure what during that space will torment above a million of heads i drew near and attentively viewed a good while the wonderful tree especially those branches on which the sciences vegetated and after having examined it to the last boughs with all the attention and exactness i am capable of i think myself qualified to make here some predictions the historical branch has an admirable effect all the events are painted like a cameo as by the hand of the greatest masters so many leaves so many little pictures what will most surprise is that these pictures seen in different points of view represent the same subject but represent it very variously and according to the manner of beholding it the same action appears courageous or rash zealous or fanatical rational or silly proud or magnanimous so according to the point of view wherein these leaves present themselves to the brain of an historian he will see things in a good or bad light and will write accordingly i would not have such works entitled the history of what passed in such a time but rather the manner in which such an author saw what passed moreover this branch is plentifully furnished and should be so as long as there are men there will be ambition traitors disturbers of the public peace merit will be forgotten and the worthless preferred virtue will be oppressed vice will be triumphant countries will be savaged cities will be sacked and thrones will be dyed in blood and these are the food of history excellent school for youth to learn lessons of humanity candor and sincerity the metaphysical branch is almost equally furnished but its leaves are very thin and their fibres so excessively small that they are hardly perceivable i greatly pity the brains where they will settle i see but one way to give them ease and that is to treat the most thorny questions after the modern manner 
i mean to supply the want of clear ideas and deep reflections by bold and confident assertions which may serve to impose the moral branch droops and receives scarce any sap its withered leaves declare an approaching decay alas it is dying the plans on it are quite effaced this is too visible from the works that are published of this kind the ideas of good and evil are confounded virtue is so disguised as hardly to be known nor is it easy to discern what is to be called vice and yet the whole is not said there remains many arguments to be published against the obsolete notion of justice many jests to be passed upon by those who still talk of probity in the old-fashioned style many fresh proofs to demonstrate that national private and especially personal interest should be the sole rule of conduct at these so fine lessons the babylonians will clap their hands and cry in truth all the world was blind and men did not see clearly till this present time the poetical branch is in a very bad state there are only a few bows left among others the dramatic bow and that so very weak can hardly support itself there will appear from time to time at babylon some tragic poets but no comic i suspect the reason formerly the babylonians were only ridiculous they were brought upon the stage and people laughed now they are almost all vicious but vicious upon principle and such objects by no means raise laughter the manners begin to be no longer theatrical the panegyrical branch is very considerable and bends under its load there will be panegyrics applicable to a great man from whom some favor is expected to an author who having flattered receives homage for homage to another who is flattered in order that he may flatter again there will be some commercial ones which will be sold to one for his protection to another for his table to a third for his money there will also be some and in great plenty for those who beg them but there will be hardly any for those that deserve them the most with good sense alone and the simplest notions which a bow of the philosophical branch furnishes and which teach to estimate the things of this life according to their value there will be formed among the people a number of practical philosophers whilst among the men of letters all the penetration imaginable all the knowledge they think they have all the wit in the world will form only imperfect philosophers they will avoid praises but so as to attain them by some roundabout way they will profess the most ardent zeal for all the citizens nay for all men in general but they will care only for themselves they will decide upon the most complicated the most obscure the most important questions with an astonishing confidence but in deciding everything they will clear up nothing they will wear outwardly the most reserved modesty inwardly they will be eaten up by ambition now shall we call such persons philosophers it is thus that we give the name of stars to those meteors which kindle sometimes in the upper region of the air make a blaze and instantly vanish in general i thought i saw upon a great number of leaves 
things entirely contradictory. The century will slide away, and the sentiments upon the same objects will not be reconciled. According to custom, each will speak his opinion and attack the rest. Disputes will arise, and the most bitter ironies, the strongest invectives, the most cutting railleries. Nothing will be spared to raise the laughter of the crowd and the pity of the wise. End of section 8